Welcome to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast. I'm Thomas Miller, your co-host here along with Robert Glasscock, and we are going to be talking about retrograde planets. Robert, we're recording this in June, as you well know, and we have a long season and summer of retrogrades ahead of us. In fact, as we're recording this, the very next day, Saturn will go retrograde in Aquarius, but I thought maybe we would just talk about these, especially these outer planets, because we're getting ready to experience this over this season coming up. So could you bring us up to speed on how we need to be thinking about retrograde seasons in general? And then maybe we could look at a couple of little seasonings and characteristics of some of the planets. You know, everybody wants to go hide under a rock when Mercury goes backwards. So <laughs> can you just... Give us some uh, thoughts and ideas of how you look at retrogrades. Yes. Retrograde planets tell you to use any word you choose that begins with re. Retrograde is one such word. Repair is another such word. Revisit is another such word. So under retrograde transits, especially of the major planets, it's very often that people from your past will come back into your life. And this can happen both literally and interiorly, figuratively speaking, so that you can find yourself under retrogrades thinking about your past, studying your past, ruminating about your past, looking at your past events through astrology and so on through psychology. Rewords. So under retrogrades, it's a time to revisit and repair. Now, that's what the nation is doing right now. And as a nation, we are also in the process of revising and repealing even certain laws. Uh, so the nation as a whole, this is taking place, Saturn. It's in Aquarius right now, which is an air sign, an intellectual sign anyway, a sign of the mind. That's our third house in the United States chart. So that's the way the nation is thinking about itself. All of this is being revisited now, and, and we can't help it because of the political situation. So that's part of it. The other keyword with retrogrades is repairing. So we're trying to repair whatever is broken in American society, which obviously a number of things are. And of course, all of this is controversial, and controversy is a part and parcel of Aquarius and Uranus, because both the sign and the planet are tend to be... Um, uh, progressive or radical. So you've got on, on both sides, you have uh, pretty fanatic people. It's a fixed sign, Aquarius. So people are very polarized and fixed in their own opinions. And the retrograde motion of Saturn says, here we go. We're going to have to go back and look at the things that have happened and be honest about them if we can. So that's true in a natal chart as well. If you have a retrograde planet, in, in your natal chart, very often, Thomas, the retrograde in a natal chart will indicate a karmic uh, planet and, and whatever that planet symbolizes and the sign that it's in. It, it, you've done this in the past. For example, you have, let's say, um, Uranus in the sixth house, retrograde in Gemini. It suggests that your work in this life is going to draw on things that are very ancient because Aquarius and Uranus both rule two things, 
very ancient philosophies and techniques and very advanced or progressive uh, breakthroughs and so on. So one of the things that we are facing as a world is the environmental impact of global climate change, rising sea levels, all of these climatological factors that affect everybody, the droughts in the West, the water shortages in the West, famines in Africa, those things are going to increase desperation and mass migrations. And how do we react to all of that? So one way to react to it is close our borders. Another way is to figure out a better way, maybe to help humanity and so on. But the retrograde at birth suggests revisit this, because if you will think this archetype through, you're going to find a, a direct line to perhaps an incarnation in which you excelled at this very thing that is symbolized by the planet and the sign. And in my, in my the case I just gave you with that retrograde Uranus in the sixth, that might be a return to some sort of job or job arena, some profession that you have excelled in in the past and bring it into this life. It also tends to, and you'll read this in the cookbooks too, retrograde planets tend to initially go inward before expressing outwardly. So if you have um, a retrograde Mercury, for example, in Gemini, let's say, which is a sign that loves to talk, and loves to express itself, but with Mercury retrograde in Gemini, that person will tend to hesitate and think about what they're about to say before they do, which is very unlike Gemini, because Gemini just says what it thinks right off the cuff as a rule. But with retrograde Mercury, they have learned the hard way, probably. I need to think about it because I may get beaten down. So they learn to take their time before they speak, even though they're, what they want to say may be instantaneous. You see what I mean? So it's that, that association in general with retrogrades, the idea of renewing, revitalizing, reuniting, all of the rewords. And I have to laugh at astrologers or people who are afraid to have their car repaired under Mercury retrograde. Are you kidding? That's when it should be repaired. You're repairing something. Same with a doctor. I don't want to go to the doctor under Mercury retrograde. Why not? That's what doctors are for, is to repair you. So for those sorts of things, it's ideal. Now, there are procedures. For example, I'm a big fan and, and believer in this ancient axiom. Do not have surgery on the part of the body that the moon is in on that day. Absolutely true only because it tends to increase the likelihood of, of say, blood and, and, and complications and so on. So, yeah, if you're going to have heart surgery and get a bypass or get a, a pacemaker installed, don't do it on the day the moon is in Leo. That's all. Uh, but other than that, the, the notion of fixing things uh, or renewing or rewriting or refining, any word you can think of that begins with a re, is applicable. So people with retrograde planets are often natural healers. They're natural repair people, if you follow me, just in a kind of an overall sense. They're good at fixing things. And they're meant to do that. So they can often make excellent teachers. 
especially when we're talking about Mercury. Jupiter retrograde is another one that can make them an excellent teacher uh, because they basically they're teaching themselves. And a good teacher is somebody who's obsessed with what they're teaching about and they've read everything they can and taken as many courses as they can, got degrees and so on. So this whole idea of retrograde uh, planets is uh, sometimes misunderstood and feared by people. There's nothing to fear about it. Although now you get up onto a collective level and there it's a, it's a little bit different because this, for example, this retrograde of Saturn, which we're having from tomorrow for the next five months through the 23rd of October, it happens to be in our third house in the United States chart. So this is going to be a lot of infrastructure and weather events. So we're talking about roads, bridges, uh, tie-ups and accidents, shipping tie-ups. We're already having these uh, tornadoes, hurricanes, uh, and more and more perhaps violent than we're used to because simply the accumulation of, of climate change factors going on here. The idea of addressing man-made climate change is heavy on everybody's mind because, again, Saturn is in the third house, which rules the third house, the environment. So those are kind of examples. I don't know if this is satisfactory or not of how that retrograde indication can say, look at me, pay attention to this and think about revisiting this sign, this planet and this house. Now, you were just talking about some of the more, I'm going to say, negative aspects of Saturn related to those third house issues in the United States. How much do we bring the shadow side of the planet forward during a retrograde versus how much of the positive side do we bring forward? Because Saturn's positive side would be uh, shoring up the foundation of the infrastructure, fixing the roads, which I don't think we're going to be doing anytime soon. So how what's the contrast there between the shadow and the positive? Well, exactly what you just said, this whole retrograde period of, of Saturn now is to revisit and repair all of the things that are, are broken in the infrastructure in this country, certainly. So the very act of repairing things and revisiting them, and here's another word, responsibility. This is a big, big factor in Saturn, and it's a big factor in our personal lives as well as in the nation's life. We need to face our responsibility in contributing to everything that is going on. Everything from school massacres to climate change to rising sea levels to uh, uh, abortion laws, all of the controversies that everybody is experiencing here, we have to revisit these under Saturn retrograde, and it is extremely polarizing. But out of that, hopefully, will come repairing and healing and maybe bring uniting, reuniting the United States, which are right now very disunited. So that would be the positives and the only way it can happen. Thomas is through Saturn and Saturn rules telling the truth and being responsible, cut and dried. And most of us, and I'm a great one, I have, uh, I'm a T-square with Saturn. My son conjuncts Neptune and it's involved in that T-square. Believe me, and I'm a Libra. Younger, don't think for a minute that I didn't always try and figure out the easiest way out of problems. Charm my way out of whatever I got myself into. And you were a good-looking devil, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But, of course, it, it never worked. 
And I finally realized from my horoscope, and it didn't take me that long, Bob, Saturn is responsibility, kiddo. You know, and one of the problems you have is this alcohol problem, which, of course, you've inherited from both parents and a whole line of alcoholics. And alcoholism is very much about evading responsibility. So I got brought up very short by my horoscope, very young. And I realized, all right, you've got to be responsible for your own actions. Did you, and you, this was a long time ago that you addressed that alcoholism. I mean, like what, 40 years ago now, I think this year, like congratulations. But did you, <laughs> did you happen to do that during a retrograde? I'm just curious. You know, I really don't remember, Thomas. I had, uh, let me think of it. I got into this men's psychology group, a transactional analysis group, which was wonderful for me for a year and a half, where I met Jim Lewis, who was in the process of founding astrocartography at at that time. And he also had worked for American Astrology for a number of years and so on. So we had a great relationship as colleagues up until the day he died. I I wrote him about two weeks before he died of a, a brain tumor, as I recall, like his father had. So I... And the reason I got into the group was to stop drinking, basically, but to get a handle on it, not just to stop, but to understand what was going on with it, which I did. And then, oh, maybe 15 years later, I started to drink again a little bit. I thought, well, and then again, I finally about, I don't know, 12 years ago or so, I just stopped it entirely. And uh, have never, never looked back. And it's an interesting, I guess, an interesting use of astrology because absolutely it was in my birth chart and it kind of horrified me when I read my first astrology book at 20 and alcohol was a prominent factor and a destructive one. And I thought, oh my gosh, how can this old book be so accurate? But again, repair under retrograde. So I don't remember at that time, that was in 1970. Seven, I think, or 78, when I got into that men's group. And I really don't remember what it, it was wonderful, actually. I uh, started working with that psychotherapist, that psychologist who led that group as an astrologer. He asked me if I would look at one of his patients' horoscopes. Anyway, I, I, that's one take, I guess, on my retrograde and how I handled it as far as alcohol goes. Now, what about starting things? A lot of people will say, don't start things. And Mercury often gets tagged with that one. But what about the others, like Jupiter, the planet of success and expansion? If we start something during a Jupiter retrograde, are we kissing it with death from the beginning? No, not necessarily at all. It's just if you, it depends on what you're starting. If you are, quote unquote, starting something that you actually tried to do earlier, then it's a great time. You're revisiting a career goal or a, a job goal or something. If you're starting something brand new under especially Mars on out retrogrades, but actually any of them, um, you're asking for unnecessary. It's a little premature is all it suggests. Starting things under retrograde, the retrograde is trying to tell you there is more research, another rework. There is more research involved here and you haven't done it. You need to do this research. You need to do all of your due diligence under this retrograde and then start this project. You see what I mean? So you can use it that way in a very practical sense. It's not the kiss of death, but it's trying to tell you there's more here going on that you haven't gotten yet. You need to keep investigating and studying and putting this together before you actually launch it. 
once this planet turns direct. Aren't we just kind of dancing with the dance that um, really the whole world is geared toward? I mean, even our own selves, we sleep about you know, some five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten hours a day. Let's say eight, we sleep a third of the day. We have to re-est, we have to rest. And so <laughs> we do take two steps forward and then we rest one step back. Mm-hmm. You know, isn't that the natural rhythm here being expressed? Yes, and it's a perfect analogy, Thomas, of retrogrades, because when we sleep, the body gets to all the autonomous nervous system and so on. The body gets to repair itself in sleep, but more importantly, the soul gets to renew its contact with non-physical reality, with pre-physical reality, with God, if you will, or just a lovely dream of flying over an incredible landscape or flying up into the Himalayas and visiting a guru or anything, because in non-physical reality, all possibilities are open. So the idea of going inward is very much a part of sleep as well so under under retrogrades it's that going inward symbolism again and it does renew us that's absolutely beautiful i love that so not to be feared not to be angst what about the faster planets what people often refer to as the personal planets versus the outer planets the slower moving what are the theme differences between the two the big one is that the outer planets are collective so that uh, Jupiter and Saturn on out are collective forces in the world. Uh, now, they apply differently to different regions, nations of the world, according to the nation's horoscope. They'll, the retrograde will fall in different place. The personal planets are very much what they say. The sun, moon, Mercury, and Venus, and Mars uh, are all very apprehensible on a personal level. Whereas Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune take us, and Pluto take us into a much more collective areas. For example, Jupiter rules religions, which is a codification of techniques to connect with God and maybe dogmas to connect with God and so on. And religions play a huge force collectively in our lives, in the world, whether we believe them or not, whether we are religious or not, they still play a huge role in the world. Uh, So that's what I mean by a collective force, whereas you personally uh, may may or may not feel connected to that part of the collective or any part of it sometimes. And there are people who uh, are not particularly well informed and really don't care to be. Maybe they like to live away from everybody and they're self-sustaining. They can do that. Uh, But yeah, the personal planets then are, are very much more under our control, if you will than the outer planets are. There's nothing we can do about it. So the idea of not doing something or not starting something under retrograde, you probably wouldn't do anything because it's a given point in your life. One of those major planets may be retrograde for months. But all it's telling you is, as far as space-time is concerned, is that this consideration that you're talking about here, look, it's ruled by, let's say it's ruled by Saturn. And Saturn's going to be retrograde for the next five months. What you're thinking about in terms of, let's say, a business project, self-employment project, you'd need to keep working on for about five months before you actually introduce it to the public or actually try and sell the business or start the business or whatever. There's a lot of prep work still that needs to occur. And if that doesn't make sense to you immediately, think about it. 
I'm working on a book right now, for example. I'm going to be working on this is something I've wanted to do for a long time, actually. But uh, under retrograde Saturn, I'm doing it. And the only reason I haven't before, people have asked me for decades, really, since I first started out, do a book, do a book. And I thought, why? I don't have anything to say that hasn't been said. I'm, you know, I'm not going to take the time and put in the effort to write a book just to repeat. But this is a topic that I I think I do have something to say about that I don't know anybody else has said. So I'm very actively writing this book now, but it's it's a revisit. And in fact, it has to do with a reword. It has to do with reincarnation and astrology. So that's my retrograde project. And of course, I'm starting it now, but I'm not publishing that until down the road a little bit, certainly after Saturn, probably around the time Saturn goes direct. To tell you the truth, October the 23rd, that sounds about right. Wow. That's a great way to think through these things. Now, I'm just curious because we are in the moment. We just came off of a Mercury retrograde, and uh, I, I said on my Fun Astrology podcast, now I know this is, this is dating it to where we are right now, but I said the day before Mercury came out of retrograde, it was like bloody hell. I mean, I was like everything, email, computers, everything was just uh, trying to push a rope up a 20-foot wall. It was crazy. Well, so I felt the last day and the stations are more powerful, right? So I felt Mercury that day. Now Saturn goes into retrograde. Are you saying that personally, individually, you, me, the listeners here will not feel Saturn's retrograde effects as much, but we might in the collective? Is that what I'm hearing? Well, it's a great question because you will feel it personally. It's that you don't necessarily have the same direct sense of control over these collective archetypes that you do on the personal archetypes. Nonetheless, though, we all have the outer planets, the collective planets somewhere on our charts, and many times they aspect personal planets, in which case those personal planets aspecting the collective planets are what give you a direct connection with that collective archetype. If you don't have it, if you don't have an aspect between a personal planet and one of the outer planets, then the outer planets will seem to be definitely beyond your control so that you will have to react passively to what's happening on the mass levels. Whereas if you have a direct connection with those outer planets, for example, I do, and my work is one of them, and my work is astrology. So I, co I connect with this Uranian archetype on a very personal level. It's not that I have control over it so much as I have a relationship with it that's very conscious. That's the difference. There's no point in trying to control uh, things that you can't control. You can certainly control your own personal speech and thoughts and actions, and those are what count. So if you have direct connections, direct aspects, doesn't matter whether they're hard or soft to these outer planets, then, for example, you have sun conjunct Neptune, so do I. So we have a direct connection to Neptune's archetype, which is why we're having this conversation today and about this subject. You and I have a very direct connection to Neptune's archetype. Somebody that doesn't have a personal aspect of that planet will, will lack that, and, and the Neptune archetype will seem very mysterious. To, all the negative sides will tend to come out. 
until another beautiful thing about Neptune's archetype is, of course, any of the arts. It, it connects with all of the arts, art, music, painting, photography, dance, acting, writing, all of the, that, the creative arts. It's also a wonderful aspect for any of the healing professions. You and I, what we are doing, even though we're not doctors, uh, certainly not at that level, but we are healing on a, in a small way or maybe in an important way. We're healing not only ourselves through our understanding of astrology, but also other people when we consult with them and counsel them. So that's very much a part of Neptune's archetype. And the other part of Neptune is, of course, spirituality and religions, but especially spirituality. So that people with a strong Neptune connection will often be brought up in a, a religious background, which they later go away, move away from, because they begin to see through that Neptune archetype a deeper level of what God really is, as opposed to the man-made stories about God, which we call religions. So that is a, that's penetrating the veil, so to speak, to see beyond the religious facade into the heart behind them, which is about trying to understand and connect with the all that is. If I might interject this, you have brought this up with me in the past and other people too about this resurgence in interest in astrology. And I, I have to agree now, but I'll tell you, uh, 10 years ago, I was hearing the same thing, astrology. Well, I didn't know whether it was or not. I'm just busy with my own practice. But I have to absolutely agree, having gone to the last um, UAC convention in Chicago and, and reconnecting, seeing a bunch of astrologers I haven't seen in, in a long time and enjoyed it so thoroughly. I, and, and just these podcasts and your success with Fun Astrology, for example, and all of the other podcasts about astrology and the interest in it, I absolutely agree that it is uh, I don't know if it's resurging as that more and more people are finding real value in looking at it to see if it can help them understand maybe the United States situation or the world situation, but also their own lives. So I, uh, in some small way, you and I are also contributing to this rise of awareness about astrology's usefulness on so many levels. Robert, thank you so much for this. This is great, and what a wonderful perspective. I mean, I know there's so much out there on retrogrades, but I'd love hearing it from you. Well, thank you, Thomas, for inviting me to do this forum. I am loving this. Uh, I keep hearing from listeners how much they're enjoying getting out of this, so I'm doubly appreciative. Thank you very, very much. Well, and if you would like to have your time to talk to Robert individually about your own chart, you can contact him through his website. It's rglasscock, then the number four, site, S-I-G-H-T, and that link is also in our show notes. But you go there, and then you go to the Me tab, and there you get a link to his email. All right, that's how you get a hold of him. He is booking out quite a ways now, but go ahead and get on the list, and then you'll get your time to talk about this level of astrology with your own chart. Thank you so much for listening to this. Hope it helps, especially during this upcoming retrograde season. We'll see you on the next episode of Old Soul, New Soul Astrology with Robert Glasscock. <music>